Hello, and this is your host, James Kent, on the movie Morlock, and welcome back to the program. Uh, this is our second episode that I'm done uh, with this new movie, Morlock. Again, if people are still confused, I thought this was stuff we've seen. Well, it is sort of. Uh, it's the same person, but it's just, you know, it's a little different. So just hang with me, kids. Uh, this week, this week, I'm going to talk about whatever I watched in the past week, and there's basically one big movie that came out that I'm going to talk about. And, and I read so much about this movie, uh, this HBO Max offering Malignant from the director James Wan, who did, uh, you know, uh, Saw and The Conjuring and Insidious, that uh, I was very excited about it. You know, anything that is being offered up on my streaming services this day is... I want to watch. Uh, my wife loves horror, so she was all excited about it too. And the the word on it from all these people that had seen this movie was phenomenal. Like people are like it's filled with all of these crazy twists. It gets so out of control by the end, and so I'm all psyched to watch this thing. And and then I watch it. Basically, I was like, I'm going to need some help to just get my thoughts about this movie. <laughs> And so I went on searching on uh, on the internet. Uh, one of my favorite things uh, is to look on the Instagram and uh, on the Movie Morlock account and see what my various followers and the people that I follow are liking. And I found somebody who I follow who had a very similar reaction to this malignant movie uh, that I did. And it is a site on Instagram, what Shannon watched. It's uh, this person, Shannon, and she watches movies and then she writes about the movies she's seen. And you might be hearing some giggling in the background because I said, you know what? I'm going to get that Shannon person on the show and uh, we can talk about this movie, Malignant. So here she is uh, from the West Coast, uh, what Shannon watched, and now what is Shannon doing on the podcast? Hello. <laughs> Hi, James. Uh, thank you for having me. This is my debut podcast appearance. So I'm feeling very famous. I finally made it. This is how I'm going to build my podcast empire, I assume. Um <laughs> After this, you don't know. Maybe that you'll be like, you know what? That was a lot of fun. I'm going to do my own podcast. What Shannon Watch podcast? Uh, I mean, it could be. The sky's the limit at this point. You know, we've got podcasts, shows, merchandise, millions of dollars. <laughs> I wish I had all of those things. I wish I even had a t-shirt. would be pretty fun to have the Movie Morlock t-shirt for, you know, people who uh, engage with the site and watch, uh, listen to the program. Anything's possible. Before we get into this malignant movie, I figured maybe just get a little bit of background on your kind of movie tastes, your history and whatnot. Yeah, absolutely. So I started what Shannon watched. It's just my little corner of the internet where I can sort of justify the number of movies that I watch. Like, oh, I'm posting about them. I'm putting something out in the world. Um, and the the account also just helps me kind of you know, remember what I watched and how I felt about it. Um, and I usually just type up a, a just a little brief synopsis. Sometimes it's silly and stupid. And sometimes it's just this movie is bad. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but my taste tends to it, it's kind of all over the place. If you go to my Instagram account, you'll see just a wide variety. But I love horror movies. Um, I'm a child of the 80s, so I love an 80s slasher. I love an 80s camp slasher. 
those are always going to be my favorite. I'm going to like it pretty much no matter what. But I also, I have Criterion streaming service. So I love to discover older movies. I just watched Ninochka, which is directed by Ernst Lubitsch. And that movie was just so beautiful and fun. Um, and so I'm really just trying to get more movie knowledge. Like my goal is to just see all the movies, which is impossible <laughs> every movie from the beginning of the time well i'll tell you how impossible it is is that about a year ago i had a person on my other show uh, stuff we've seen and she has this amazing mission where she is set to watch every single disney movie ever made and she's been doing it for several years and she's still got many years to go before she's finished all of the films. I mean, it's wow. not easy. And it's a pretty good dedication thing. It was very fascinating. Yeah. Uh, her commitment. But so you actually are going one better. You're going to watch every single <laughs> movie every ever made. Everything <laughs> movie ever made. <laughs> no, I usually just like whatever catches my fancy, like whatever I'm in the mood for that day. I'm like, you know what? That sounds good. Let's do this. <laughs> Now I'm starting to remember uh, that it was uh, several posts ago and I was knee deep with my uh, friend Bill doing uh, the Criterion Neo-Noir series and you had posted something about The Big Sleep, which I thought was such a ridiculous howl of a movie. It was terrible. Yes. I mean, Robert Mitchum is just taking a nap through that whole thing and just watching young women throw themselves at him, which back in the day, sure. But like eighties, Robert Mitchell. No, thanks grandpa. It was a little creepy. <laughs> it yes. was very creepy. But uh, I thought it was funny that anybody was watching that besides myself. So I think that's where I was like, oh, look at all these other films that uh, Shannon has watched. And I'm going to fa- start following this person. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate the follow. Okay. So I'm going to give a little background here as to, again, this malignant movie. I sit down and I watch this thing and I don't know what I was expecting. I mean, I'm not a big horror fan, though I did like Insidious and The Conjuring, the first one. And mm-hmm. I, I actually thought that, you know, I didn't, well, I, I'm never scared of movies. I thought especially Insidious had a few creepy moments. Mm-hmm. Um, it had a good style and look. And and I said, yeah, you know, these this is a legitimate scary movie. And I think we watched it again for the first time since it had come out. Uh, last October, because October is my wife's like Halloween, oh, yeah. all horror Spooky movies. Spooky month. <laughs> yeah. And so we have like our 13 year old, we like made him watch it. Oh, you were such good parents. <laughs> oh, he watched, yeah. At this point, you know, like they, he watches anything, but he really doesn't like the horror movie. He's decided that, that he thinks it's a lame genre, so he doesn't really oh, you know, okay. care. <laughs> I know. Well, maybe it's because, like, in my day, that was the first forbidden fruit that exactly, yes. wanted to see. And, and he just, he's moved on to other things. I don't know. He doesn't find them scary. Like, And that was a hard thing for me to kind of wrap myself around to tell him, yeah, you know, horror movies aren't necessarily scary. It's about other things. Yeah, it's about the, the experience and the fun. And it's, it's fun to be scared and just realize that that fear is within you. Yes. You know, I'm I'm sitting down, but within five minutes of this movie, Malignant, my wife and I looked at each other and we're like, wait a minute. (laughs) What the hell is this movie? This just doesn't, there was something off about the, I don't know, like the the mood of the movie, the tone. It just, it almost felt like a put on, but yet not enough for us to go, oh, this is a complete spoof. It just didn't feel... No horror movie is realistic, but like right. it, it didn't feel, it felt so unnatural. 
Yes, I said maybe like 30 minutes into the movie, my husband and I were just like heckling it the whole time. Just like, what? Why are you doing this? This is stupid. And I probably 30 minutes in, I was just like, I hate this movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was about 30 minutes in that we stopped and we watched, like my wife was, I mean, she's, she will never walk away from a horror movie. Same. She was ready to walk. And I said, I've got to finish it because people keep talking about this third act. And I'm like, maybe, you know, maybe that makes the whole film worth it or something. So I pushed us to watch the whole movie. And uh, again, I, I was disappointed. But now I'm stopping for a second because for the rest of this program, spoilers are completely on the table. For okay. us to talk about it, we have to talk about everything about this movie from the plot to the details. So if you don't want to know about what happens in Malignant, and you think that somehow you can watch this movie and be surprised as so many I've read seem to have been, don't read it. Don't listen to us anymore. Stop <laughs> it right now because this is it. Okay. So that's the warning. Okay. And so now that I've said the warning, <laughs> we can talk about the movie any way that we feel about it. And I'm kind of just tell me about the movie of why you hated it and all the things that you felt watching this film. So many just overwhelming emotions. Um, with horror movies, I have pretty much stopped watching trailers or reading reviews because I don't know what it is of late, but it seems like horror movie trailers give away everything. Like every fun kill or fun reveal has been in the trailer. And so I'm like, I'm not watching any more trailers. So the only reason I wanted to watch Malignant, I was seeing all these like great headlines and, you know, outrageous 90s horror and hints of giallo and i was like heck yeah that sounds right up my alley so i asked my husband like hey do you want to watch this and he said i'm surprised you want to watch it i didn't realize it was directed by james wan and i did not like the conjuring movies i don't like insidious <laughs> and but i was like well this one's rated r and those other movies have been rated pg-13 which a pg-13 horror movie please get out of my face a, a pg-13 horror movie is just like the kills are off screen and like there's just like a really happy warm fuzzy everybody's hugging at the end feeling it it, it seems like and so that's not that's not for me like i want real horror damn it <laughs> but so that's that's what pushed me into wanting to watch it i'm like i haven't loved this director's other films, but it's rated R, so that gives me hope. Um, <laughs> okay, so we've learned a piece of criteria for horror. Yes, and <laughs> Shannon is it's gotta it's gotta have that R stamp. She wants the gore. I want to see that R rating. I want the gore with *Malignant*. The opening, and so and then I thought it was set in the '90s based on the opening because it opens with sort of this flashback. We're at this CGI horror hospital. Um, so that would see now. There would have been funny if they said CGI hospital. <laughs> They should have like switched it. So that was the name and it was like the acronym. So I'm like, cool, like a, a 90s set horror movie. But then of course, like you immediately kind of cuts to present day after the opening credits, but the opening credits, the music is so bad <laughs> for this movie. And it's just this like industrial 90s, just noise garbage. And I was like, this is awful, but it's set in the 90s, so I'm going to go with it. And then it does that cut to present day. And I was like, oh, shit, this is <laughs> not good. 
but yet it says present day and then it cuts to the oldest house in the neighborhood and yeah. then some kind of <laughs> retro car pulling up. So you're already like, wait a minute, what year is this? Yeah, yeah. It just immediately I was like, this is, I don't like where this is going. And then you immediately, like we see our protagonist, Madison, she's a pregnant woman. Is she a nurse? She was working the night shift and she's wearing sort of like scrubs looking things. And so I was like, is she in the medical profession? If she is, she should not be because she was not concerned about that dripping head wound that she has for the whole movie. (laughs) Yeah, that's a little bit of a clue. Um. Yeah. So, I mean, if she is in the healthcare industry, she should not be. So we meet her husband who is just textbook jerk. You're like, oh, you're, you're going to die soon. (laughs) This is what I already found crazy. And you've mentioned a whole bunch of things, but like, why is there such a big rush? These days when movies are like three and a half hours, it feels like, why does this movie rush so much? The opening where you give a five minute thing, you don't know what the hell's going on. You're introduced Mm -hmm. to a bunch of people that you don't really get to know them as characters. And then you go to present day and immediately you've got this husband that's throwing her against the wall and you're like, what the hell's going on? Right. He gives like, he does such an exposition dump. Like, you've had so many miscarriages. I'm trying to quit drinking. I'm going to get a job. This is, you know, like all of these, you're like, oh, okay. Like we know everything we need to know about you. You're a jerk and you're going to die soon. (laughs) And he's like, and I'm going to throw you against the wall, which will of course aggravate some kind of long-term injury. Of course, of course he's responsible for all of it. So it was just already, I'm like, Okay, like, I hate you. I hate this person. Like, I hope he dies soon. And luckily, he does. Um, Because then there's just this mysterious break in and he gets just like, I think a snapped neck. I just remember like a bone sticking out, which this movie has so many protruding bones. Well, you got the radar stamp. So, you know. Exactly. And when I think that's supposed to be like, you know, yeah, look at this. There's so many protruding bones. It's so crazy. And it's not. (laughs) The thing is, is again, jumping a little bit as far as all trying to tie into some like surprise reveal of an ending that Mm -hmm. while I mean, I didn't piece together every single piece of the puzzle. Right. It was pretty obvious just from what you got in the first five minutes and the way they were setting this up where she's having these visions of people. Right. But yet, come on. She's probably involved somehow. And then the more they show this like Gabriel character that's doing Mm -hmm. these murders, you can tell that it is a woman of right. some sort. Mm-hmm. The acrobatics that this <laughs> this crazy character <laughs> does, which sometimes it's got that super like fast motion CGI that it just yes, I hate that. That's not scary or cool to me. That's exactly. I'm like, you did this on your computer. I have a computer. I can't do that, but like, I have a computer. <laughs> exactly. And of course, I was explaining this to my son the other day about how like part of what I liked in horror movies when I was his age was when that when they didn't have CGI. You went because you wanted to see this gruesome kill and see all these amazing special effects that you knew either Rick Baker or Tom Savini did. And Yes, 
Yes. That was the delay. It wasn't like, oh, this person got killed. It was more like how they're getting killed. And you could sort of, you could tell it was a special effect, but it was so awesome. Yes. And that's like what's so great about like some of those older horror movies is like, it's all of these practical effects and it's, it's mind blowing. It's just for whatever reason is not as impressive that you created it on your computer. I couldn't do either type of effect, but somebody like making a monster by hand is just so much cooler and something I want to see more than just just the CGI blur, which is what a lot of the Gabriel character is. This movie wants to have it two ways. They want to have like a supernatural element, but then there's also mm-hmm. a physical aspect to this kind of creature. Mm-hmm. But yet that physical aspect is doing things that are supernatural because no one can ever move like that. Right. Uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> And uh, but oh, but I was going to say is that I'm not a hundred percent sure. But at the end of the movie, you get a sort of cameo acting appearance by the stunt woman Zoe Bell. She plays one of the prisoners in the jail cell in that ridiculous. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, cool. And so, to me, clearly, she's the one that's doing the stunts for yes. the Gabriel character. Um, and but that's just sort of just going to go on an aside. But like, I guess. When this big crazy ending happens, my wife, who's a huge, huge Stephen King fan, Mm -hmm. she's like, this is just a ripoff of The Dark Half. Yeah, you mentioned that. I've not seen that movie, but I I read a synopsis of it and I was like, oh yeah, this is that. It's the same. It's and I mean, mind you, it, it you know, I didn't see the film. It's just I read the book, but it, okay. it it's the same exact concept. So I mean, I get it. A lot of people have never, you know, they haven't seen a lot of horror movies, I guess, and they right. they don't know how much of a ripoff this is. But it, to me, there was zero surprise that this entity comes popping out behind her head at the end of the movie like it seemed like naturally because she constantly was bleeding on the back of the head after every incident yeah and that's what like i again like my husband and i were just like talking through the whole thing because we were just not totally invested but we're like yeah but they're the same person like obviously i did think the reveal of gabriel was like pretty cool like when they have that final or no, I think the sister is like watching the videotape. That's and cool. That's where when it they pops see. out. I love it. Yeah. I was like, that's cool. Just this like screeching creature, which so they shouldn't have shown that little glimpse of it in the opening scene. They should have like, because when I, I watched it a second time because I'm a glutton for punishment. Um, so when, you know, now that I like know what the big secret twist is, I, you know, and now I'm, I'm watching it again in that opening credit sequence that's in the 90s you see like the outline behind the curtain of the little Gabriel creature. And you're like, oh, so that's, you're already like, is this kind of supernatural? But the first time I watched it, I had completely forgotten about that because I'm just like trying to get this movie out of my head as quickly as possible. Um, (laughs) So I thought that reveal was cool. The reason the beginning of the movie is so quick and abrupt is because they're trying to save this big, awesome twist. But when, when anybody who's really a good film detective anyway can figure these things out, give us more of that beginning because all the people that Gabriel goes around killing for revenge are all from that first couple of minutes and it happens so fast that you really yeah. can't get behind it. Not that the, the, the not that the script was going to uh, give any great character right. depth because <laughs> I mean the cops in this movie the 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 two it's not even the actor's fault that No, this is a not a good script. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, this guy, George Young, who plays Detective uh, Kakoa Shaw, and then uh, McCole Brariana White, who plays Detective Regina Moss. First of all, have you ever seen a more ridiculous-looking uh, police station? I mean, it was this bizarre it's set. It's gorgeous. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it looks like a train station. Yeah. And now I'm like, you know, I mean, the whole style of this movie is very artificial. It's very – everything looks like a set. Yes, 100%. Because everything's, like, bigger than it could really be. Um the lighting in the movie looks like the worst of digital lighting to me. Yeah, it's not good. And just to, since you brought up the lighting, I just want to touch on something that I've read a lot of reviews or it's just like been mentioned in many things I've read about the movie that they want to say that this movie is like, it has giallo elements and a lot of things that, that say that mention the red lighting in the movie, which the first time I watched it, I did not notice that at all. But then on rewatch, I'm like, okay, there's like two scenes with red lighting. Like that's... <laughs> It certainly doesn't have the staples of Jalo, like the kind of that gooey no. fake red blood that you know you, you love to see in every Argento movie. But what, where I guess it does have in common is one of the Jalo staples is some kind of murder detective mystery going on, and there's a protagonist that may be somewhat involved, or you're made to think that we're not sure if that person's involved and what the twist is. Uh, and there's a series of murders that are kind of tied in a weird way to the protagonist right. and the police. So I guess it follows Jalo that way. But I would also argue that there is no real detective work being done here. The detectives, they're not doing anything. <laughs> they're just, I don't know why they're there. They're there for the sister to like make eyes at and for that the like medical examiner or whatever to be like i love you we get it he's a hunky cop <laughs> like we have eyeballs like we can see that i don't need the sister and the other the coroner whoever like oh, you're so dreamy i know i can see him I also didn't find any of the actors appealing. Like, I actually thought the performances were bad all around. Like, I didn't think the lead performance by Annabelle Wallace, who I, I admit I've not really uh, seen her before, I didn't think she was up to the task. Yeah, I'm not familiar with any of her other work, and I actually I didn't even look up to see what else she's done. But, I mean, I think she does a good job. It's, again, like, I'm going to go back to the script. There are some lines that are just woof um what comes to mind is like when they're interrogating her um in the police station and, and gabriel calls the detective's phone and he's like ask her what she called me and she's like the devil and it's like that is the most anticlimactic thing <laughs> And then, of course, there's that. There's the very, very ending where they have that. Somehow, the sisters are in a little reunion, and it pulls back, and there's that light making that electric noise, and it's like, no, dude. When she puts Gabriel in mind jail, and he's like, "I'll be back," I'm like, oh, "Fuck, there's gonna be a sequel." <laughs> the real question is, like, as much as we hated this, are we gonna watch the sequel? Absolutely. You can't stop me from watching it. <laughs> See, that's what they know. They like, we can put out whatever crap we want. This, to me, felt like the crap version of, like, the third installment. The first installment should be the best installment, not the worst. Of course, yeah. Well... I mean, they can only go up, question mark. <laughs> First of all, the underground part of Seattle, which I didn't... I, okay, so it gave me a nugget of information I didn't know. It, 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 First of all, it also looked like a ridiculous set of everything so well-preserved, yes. and I'm sure the reality is not as cool-looking as this. And no. then I found out that it's a real place. Uh, it really oh, exists cool. as a tour, and you can go in it. But I'm like, what does this have to do with anything? And of course, I realized throughout that this is 
supposedly how Gabriel's able to do all these murders because she can still be in her house while Gabriel goes underground and goes to the next victim's house, which is totally ridiculous. Which, and honestly, during that whole underground scene where she's like directing the tour or whatever, I was like, is that Madison? I can't. (laughs) And again, spoiler alert, if you haven't already figured out before, that's her mom, which we didn't know, but it's also confusing. There's so much from a director's standpoint, right? This movie is so confusing to the audience because of the way it's cast. Mm-hmm. Again, I just, there wasn't a lot for me to like here. I mean, the I'll say the things that I liked, like I finished, we finished the movie and I was like, I hated that. It was bad. And then the next day I was texting with a friend who had also watched it. And he was like, it was so fun. I'm like, what are you talking about? And then we just started going back and forth with all of the things that made us crack up in the movie. And I was like, okay, maybe I did like it. <laughs> I don't, but damn, there is a lot to laugh at here. It's so ridiculous. Like, I guess when I think of, uh, I'm going to just use an example, and I'm not comparing apples to apples here, but when I think of the reanimator in the mid 80s, Mm -hmm. there was a campiness and an inventiveness to the whole approach to the movie that you couldn't help but love. You know, I mean, it's not a scary movie, but it's just, you know, it's outrageousness and it knows with a little bit of a wink that it's supposed to make you laugh. This movie, I don't think, is kind of insane enough and stupid enough for us to be on the joke. As a matter of fact, the first five minutes, that opening, my wife thought we thought it was like is this like a fake movie and then we're going to pull back and then there'll be a real story here? Like, Because it just, <laughs> it felt so wooden. And at some point she has a sister who's an actress and I thought, when is this going to be revealed that they're actually just filming a movie that she's in? See, that would have been a really cool twist. <laughs> I would have appreciated that if it's just like, and cut. <laughs> and then she, the sister goes off and does something spooky or something. Uh, when we talk about, you know, the dark half, well, I guess the film that this would be most like However, it's a shame to even compare them because one is brilliant and the other one, which is this is terrible, is Brian De Palma's Sisters. Oh, yes. I love that movie. And so I guess if I had to see this as a double feature, it would be great to see those two movies because you could see one that's like so well done with so many amazing (laughs) sequences and set pieces. But yet it's also over the top and insane and you laugh. And then this movie, which it's just kind of weak. Yeah, and that's actually what I you reminded me. That's what I wanted to touch on. Camp. I see that being thrown around a lot in reviews. Like, oh, it's so campy. And I just, I completely agree. Like, I don't think the filmmakers are in on the joke. Like, and that's what you need to be camp, in my opinion. Like, everybody needs to know exactly what they're making. They need to know what they're doing. And they need to be in on the joke. And I don't feel like anybody is in on the joke in Malignant. Because it's just, there's so much, like when Gabriel throws a chair across this like cavernous police station and just like hits the two detectives as they're trying to flee. I swear to God, I like rolled off the couch laughing. Like what is happening? Well, there's definitely an energy to the last 20 minutes that the rest of the film doesn't have. And that makes it, I guess, a little bit more fun, though it's so ridiculous. I mean, the whole jail sequence and that detective thing. I mean, first of all, no one, like that 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 pen where all of the gruff women are there. I know. There's a lady with a mullet who just wants to kick her ass. 
<laughs> and I thought that was fun. Like seeing like the, the change where like you, the bones are cracking. I'm like, okay, like that's kind of cool. And then like the, the woman with the mullet, just like throwing other inmates in front of her, like as sh human shields. I'm like, okay, this is funny. This is fun. A lot of like fun blood spatter. And so like, that's cool. But again, like, I'm tuning into a horror movie and to me this is like it's just like so actiony and not that I you know am against an action film but I'm just like what is tonally I think it wasn't really hitting for me because like that's not what I was I didn't want to see this huge end fight sequence that is all CGI. I'm just Yeah, it that really is it's that CGI aspect that really it just didn't do it for me, which is where, I don't know, did you ever see this movie again? This will happen on my show, by the way, is tangents will happen and we go down <laughs> different roads, but there was a great, in my opinion, a great horror movie. It wasn't scary, but it was great because the script was so good and the dialogue was so great. But did you see last year's Wolf of Snow Hollow? I did not. Well, you got to watch this. You're going to be right, you're going to be, become a fan. You're going to see the Wolf of Snow Hollow. I'm not even going to tell you okay. about it. We talked about it on on the show because we were just imp I made my uh podcast co-host uh, Teal watch this film and he was shocked at how good it was. Uh, cuz it knew exactly what it was supposed to do as a genre. And yeah. it has a lot going for it. So, I you know, I'm not I it's hard to compare every single movie, but I feel like sure. Again, they, it was supposed to come out uh, in 2020 and then the pandemic. So it was literally shoved out to like grab a big opening weekend. And of course, that didn't happen because of the pandemic. But that's what I feel like. Yeah. I felt it was very condescending to an audience where it was just designed. Uh, and that's what the whole idea about the movie Morlock. The Morlock uh, doesn't like the Eloy who are easy pickings. And the easy pickings filmgoers are the ones that would go to see something like Malignant and then talk about how amazing and original it is. Yeah, and that's what that's what's bumming me out is I don't see a ton of originality here. And also I just wanna like caveat, I am not a filmmaker, I am not a creative person, so I don't wanna like shit on the people who made this movie, but do better. <laughs> I appreciate your efforts, but the movies, they're made for people like you and, and I to enjoy. And, uh, you know, I probably would have avoided this movie as far as reviewing it or discussing it. But and I don't want to get I'm not going to get into Twitter wars with people who really found this. <laughs> Why not? Original. I don't I don't have the energy. I swear to you. But, uh, you know, there's so many people that I get mad when somebody is trying to say this movie is one of the most original and this great twisty and it's so over the top. And the way they talk about it, I realize that they haven't seen any classics. And that makes me sound like an old fart, but... Yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> I don't know. I don't necessarily qualify this as a horror movie per se. At least I don't, but I think of what a top-notch movie like Midsommar is. That yes. movie not only gave it, you want you want uh, gore and and whatnot, oh, God. but it's very intense. That whole movie had me on edge. I don't wouldn't say I was scared, but I was on edge through the and unsettled through a good portion of that movie. And that's like the sign of a good horror movie. Like when you are on the edge of your seat, when you don't know what's coming, or even if you do know what's coming, like you have an inkling, but you're still like, I can't wait to see it happen. That's a good movie. And with *Malignant*. 
I was just like, I don't know, throw more chairs, whatever. Like that's the only <laughs> part I'm enjoying. Like I, I wasn't invested in any of the characters. I wasn't like rooting for anyone at all. I'm just now realizing like, I didn't care what happened to any of these people. <laughs> and like, honestly, Madison is a jerk. Like she's a bad sister and probably a bad friend. Like I just, I don't like her. Um, because then another like big piece of the plot is that she was her 15 year old rape victim mother gave birth and was getting no help from had no support system to care for a child with a sentient evil tumor growing out of its head and so she gives it up to for adoption to a research hospital which seems highly unethical um but then just all like we we come into this movie and madison is pregnant and she's talking about how she needs a, a blood connection, but she doesn't remember anything before she was eight. <laughs> so before you like get pregnant to get a connection, like maybe be like, hey Ma, when you adopted me, did I have any siblings? A question she does not ask until towards the end of the movie. So 30 plus years, she has never asked this question clearly. So, I mean, and you know, I don't know if she knew the circumstances of her mother's pregnancy and her birth, but you never at like, hey, did my mom have a brother or a sister or grandparent? Like she never looked for a blood connection elsewhere. And then the cops seem to have, when these murders start happening, they seem to have the uh, the dossier on her whole background, right? But when they're questioning yeah. her, they don't talk to her about it. Oh, by the way, look what we, we have here as far as information. You want a blood connection in your life, yet it has never occurred to you to be like, hey, what happened the first eight years of my life that I can't remember? Can anybody fill in the blanks on that for me? Dude, this is the problem. When you start dead digging into a movie like this, it really falls apart even more than when you were watching it. And, you know, again, fair or unfair to compare, there was a movie that I watched the night before this. And it was it was really kind of a throwaway effort. My wife was doing a, a, a death scroll search on uh, Shudder <laughs> to see what horror fair was there that she could be interested in. So she's reading descriptions. And I come into the room and she says, oh, I think I found one that we should watch. And I'm like, okay, why why do I want to watch this movie on Shudder? Because, you know, Shudder will pretty much put anything up there on their site. Yeah. <laughs> And she said, it's this movie called Monstrous from 2020. The whole thing is, it is filmed in and around Whitehall, New York and the Adirondacks. And it features the whole Sasquatch legend that is noted in that area. And I'm like, that seems, all right, we got to watch this. And <laughs> the thing is, is that I live about an hour away from the Adirondacks. And whenever I go in that area, we pass by uh, and pass through this town called Whitehall, New York. And it's a very blue collar town. And they do this whole, I don't know what the whole uh, Sasquatch angle is, but they have a Sasquatch <laughs> festival every year. <laughs> and it's kind of like their Blair Witch. And they have a big uh, metal Sasquatch statue out in front of a building. And I'm like, all right, well, you know what? Well, let's, it's early. Let's watch this movie or watch some of it and see what it's all about. And you know, it has a whole montage of areas that we're familiar with. And it shows the Sasquatch signs and the Sasquatch statue in the beginning of this movie. And it's really low budget. I mean, you know, it's like mm -hmm. there's a whole 
there's sort of probably a subgenre of, of films like on Amazon Prime or on Shutter oh, yeah. that you can watch <laughs> that like filmmakers who would never, you know, maybe hit the festival circuit, get their movie somewhere. Yeah. And so, you know, that means they're really low budget shot. Now with, you know, digital cameras, people can make a low budget movie. Um, they're going to probably feature tons of drone shots. Um, of course. <laughs> whether it's <the laughs> drones that they use or they buy stock footage, drone uh, footage. <laughs> So we, we watch this movie and then it's one of those things where then I dig into the backstory because it's so fascinating of why they made the story this way, but it's kind of a thriller movie that they also back in a Sasquatch angle because of the production company that was giving them the money wanted more of a horror film. <laughs> I love that kind of backstory for a horror movie. <laughs> so it's a hybrid where, yeah, there's like a Sasquatch angle kicking around somewhere and a title <laughs> that sounds monstrous, but yet the movie really isn't about the Sasquatch. It's about something else that's sinister. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and it's like a couple somewhere. It's like, again, you have to, this is what I liked about the movie is that because it's so low budget and they couldn't accomplish everything they want. Some of the plot details are a little choppy. Sure, yeah. <laughs> and it involves something that happens at the beginning, kind of like a la Malignant, where you're not quite sure what happened. You haven't been introduced to these two characters, so you kind of don't have a visual frame of reference for them. And then you cut to this other couple and their friend has been missing somewhere who was down in the Adirondacks. And then they have this whole scheme where that person was getting a ride from a ride share thing. I mean, you have to go with this because like <laughs> who's doing ride shares, but they kind of figured, well, we'll pose as somebody that needs to go to the Adirondacks and get the ride share with this person so we can figure out if they're a killer or not. And then the guy, he gets food poisoning, so he sends his girlfriend to go, which no boyfriend's <laughs> going to do that if they're worried about a guy being a serial killer. Right, yeah. Honey, you check it out. <laughs> so she gets to this park bench, and it's a, it's a woman there at the park bench. Instead of, like, they, the name is Alex, so they, they thought it was a guy, but because only a guy would be a killer, right? And Misogyny. Yeah. So it was this girl, <laughs> and she's, like, hanging out there, like, smoking and stuff, and this other girl who's gone in the place of the boyfriend agrees to kind of go on this ride with her. She's got the car, but the girl on the bench is the one that needs the ride because she's going to be photographing some friends wedding down the Adirondacks. My wife at this point said, all right, this is stupid. But I was kind of like, no, 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 no. You know what? There's something about this that I kind of like because it's really well shot for a movie that probably cost $20,000. <laughs> Even if it's low budget, if the acting is pretty decent you're going to kind of stay with it? Yeah, if the acting and the script are, like, decent, I can forgive a lot of things. So the the lead is this girl, Sylvia, played by an actress named Anna Shields. And she's the one that's going in place of her boyfriend uh, who's sick with, like, eating some bad ramen or something. And <laughs> the girl that she meets on the bench, a character named Alex, is played by an actress named Rachel uh, Finninger. And she's not as good as, I'd say... Anna Shields is as far as acting, but there's this weird tension between the two of them where the one girl who's being picked up is kind of feeling her out like, I don't know, you're, you know, can I trust you? And then the one that's driving who was looking for answers to her missing friend is like, I don't know if I can trust you. And so there's tension there. And then there's some kind of weird attraction between the two of them. And next thing you know, there's a uh, lesbian romance. Okay, we love a queer horror. It's a queer horror, and it is written by the lead actress, Anna Shields, who happens to be a lesbian in real life. 
All right. I love it. You've sold me on this already. Like, because she wrote it and the way she's writing the dynamics between the two, it's, it's interesting that the two are actually legitimately falling for each other. I'm not sure what's going on with the poor boyfriend back wherever he is, but he... Who cares? We got the ladies together. Get out of here. (laughs) So they show up at this cabin, which is like the director's family's cabin. And then the best part is, I had to do some back. This guy has made... He makes like a movie a year, right? And, (laughs) And a lot of these people that are in this movie are in his other films, and many of them take place in this cabin. (laughs) <laughs> and many of them have some kind of foresty Sasquatch or like some kind of Yeti monster going on. Uh, so I haven't seen those other films. I'd have to find them. This is the only one that was on Shutter. But I'll just say that as this relationship develops, there's also concerns that the lead actor, Anna Shields, has about the other one. And there's just, you know, there's some creepy reveals going on there. And then, of course, making matters worse, that somewhere in the forest... There could be a Sasquatch. <laughs> and the movie definitely goes off the rails and doesn't have the budget to kind of like, you know, do all the special effects it needs to do. And mm-hmm. maybe it would have been, to me, it would have been better as a psychological thriller without the Sasquatch angle. <laughs> but for my money, the whole experience was better than even five minutes of Malignant. I mean, I had a better time listening to you describe the plot of this movie that I've never seen um, than I did watching. If it's going to be a low-budget, schlocky horror film, I'm going to forgive its mistakes because I'm watching. I, I appreciate all the effort that's going into making this movie. Yeah, exactly. And then when I watch something like Malignant, I feel like I'm just watching money like fly away. And you're like, why can't I go? Why wouldn't somebody just give me some of that? Just a little bit of that money. I know. Just give me and just let me say like, hey, let's maybe cut the first fight scene. (laughs) You know, just consult me. Hire me, Hollywood. (laughs) If I was to look at that movie Malignant, there's a lot of different ways that they could have gone. And and then you start wondering like, you know, again, like I'm not Hollywood scriptwriter, but I, you know, you could have taken that intro out and invested the time a little differently to spread the story out and reveal some details and then go into some flashbacks. Yeah, and it, it also it's just occurring to me now, like it smacks very much of Stranger Things, if I'm sure you've watched that show because everybody What's has. What's that show called? <laughs> oh, you've never heard of it. <laughs> Stranger something? Believe me, I've watched that. I watched that bad series of like, what, what was the Netflix series that they had with the summer the summer, and it was the same year or the same same summer people, but different years? You must have watched that, right? The Fear Street? Yeah, 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 yeah. Fear Street, right, yeah. You didn't like Fear Street? No, I did not like Fear Street. Oh, my God. I am throwing my laptop out the window. How dare you? No, it was pretty bad. But I thought that the summer camp one was the most successful. That was my least favorite one. Really? (laughs) Yes. Uh, Here's my thing. I am very much a stickler for conventions so sure when i when i judge perfection if you're going to do a uh, a film set in a time period like with the sure. fear street the 90s one it, it felt like it was 2021 it didn't feel like it was 1996 or whatever it was supposed to be oh man i thought the mall set was so great it really like just those like neon lights and the like 
B. Dalton books or whatever she worked at. I'm like, that just reminds me of my childhood. Well, that was fun. But then like my, you know, my wife was so distracted and I was too, that all the songs they were using were like way later years than the movie was taking. Yeah. And it just, again, I, I liked the acting in it. Like the characters were endearing. And then of course they carry on through some of the other episodes. So, you know, that was fun. But I don't know. I just felt like that was a bit of a slog towards the end of that first episode. Wow, really? I I mean, I liked the, the <laughs> I liked it better than Malignant. There you go. There's a there's our scale on a scale of Malignant to a Malignant to Midsummer. How about that? <laughs> I think throughout history, right, the classics of horror, they remain the classics because you have to pluck them out of all of these other crappy ones that are forgettable. And yeah. so, yeah, Midsummer, I think, will be there in 10 years and and so on. And so will a movie 100%. like The Babadook will be there in like- Get Out. And Get Out. Anything Jordan Peele makes probably, because I also really liked Us. <laughs> I liked Us better than I liked Get Out. Interesting. I wasn't a big Get Out guy, but I guess I also found that was a little bit you know, I felt like it, all the puzzle pieces were were put together very carefully so it could have the ending, and I kind of saw those pieces. And I also didn't see it in the theater, which I heard was a pretty exciting experience if you did get to see it in the theater. I saw it in the theater, and it was really great, except there were, like, a couple of white ladies who thought this was the funniest movie they had ever seen. And I'm like, why are you laughing at this? <laughs> I mean, there are certainly, like, funny moments. The parts they were laughing at, I'm like, this is sinister this is not funny <laughs> Ooh, so there's like a creepy edge yeah so um anyway gosh we just like really took a took a path <laughs> i told you that's what was going to happen on the show you did it's a journey um i mean i i gotta tell you though i i am curiously fascinated by this director bruce wemple who did this monstrous movie and also this anna shields his uh, partner in crime, because she also wrote two other films he did, which was Dawn of the Beast, which again, I think has involves a Yeti, and My Best Friend's Dead. I mean, that's like a great title. It's just My Best Friend's Dead. I love that. Yeah, it's like you got My Best Friend's Wedding, My Best Friend's Dead. <laughs> so, you know, I, I definitely, uh, you might, I don't, like I said, Monstrous, is it a good movie? I don't know, but I appreciated it in a weird way and I appreciate it a lot more than Malignant even though they have nothing in common with each other yeah and you know what it's supposed to be a rainy weekend here so it sounds like the perfect kind of rainy day movie to to throw on so that might be like a Sunday afternoon watch it's like 95 minutes which is perfect for horror I love like, it or yes. maybe you know 85 I don't even think it's an hour and a half it's, it's really fast I love it if you don't even hit the 90 minute mark well, again, it's, it's low budget. They only have a few actors in the movie. Right. Which is great, too. I mean, it's not quite a bottle film, but, you know, there's only a couple characters. Again, as long as it's a good script and they can perform it because Malignant has so many characters and I don't I don't care. I don't care about any of them. <laughs> and I like to champion the little the little film that could. And so I'm championing this week Monstrous. Um, but I haven't really, like I said, the only other movie I watched was, and I've already, geez, I've already forgotten. Oh no, Kate, that that action movie on. Netflix. Oh yeah, I want to see that with like Mary Elizabeth Winstead. That's kind of a genre. It's a guilty pleasure genre for me, and I did yeah. enjoy it. And my thirteen-year-old uh, did too. He put it high on the John Wick scale. He he has his own oh, scale. I do, I do love the John Wick scale. I am a fan of the John Wick scale. So that's I I, I love to see that like you know, like crazy, wacky violence. And it just, it 
we get that in malignant but it's it's not wacky enough it's not fun enough like it is in like a john wick and i feel that's kind of like what they were going for with that police scene to just veer it back around to malignant <laughs> that's what we gotta do we gotta bring it in full circle yeah it was like but it was like to me it was just because it didn't fit with the rest of the movie it was way too over the top in my book you think so it was just dispensable yeah it was just dispensable to pilot bodies the end the ending is like this like nice like oh the two sisters but i'm like well there's gotta be police cameras like they're gonna see that it was her like is she gonna go to jail now I, I had like created this whole like idea I was like over the credits I was saying to my wife that it was gonna be like Rambo 2 where she was gonna be in the sequel breaking rocks and then they come in and then they have a mission that they were gonna let her out but that she's gonna need to use her like you know evil twin to to like rescue some people from Vietnam or something. Honestly, I would prefer if the sequel was just like a courtroom drama, her on trial for the deaths of the entire Seattle police force. <laughs> and the lawyer that has to like get her off on claims of, I don't possession or something. That's the conjuring the devil made we do it. That's exactly Is what that really? whole, that's pretty much that whole movie. Yes. Jesus. Again, Hollywood hire me. I'm writing scripts. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. We're almost, you know, at the end of our time here, but I feel like that this is going to have to happen again. I'm having such a good time and I love where this conversation has gone. And I mean, as long as all of your followers don't unsubscribe the moment they hear my voice, no, no, I no, would no. love to do this again. <laughs> Full disclosure to the listeners. I didn't, I don't know you. I I don't know you. <laughs> I reached out. It's always kind of scary. I know this is going to be the sort of the behind the scenes. It's a little scary, scarier than malignant for sure, to like reach <laughs> out and send a message to a total stranger and say, hey, would you like to come on the show? But I had this instinct that you'd have something to say. And I was right. You were you were correct. And yeah, and it's not easy to accept an invitation from a stranger on the internet. My friends were like, what if he's like a men's rights activist? No. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not getting that impression. But no. if he is, I will totally shut him down on his own podcast. <laughs> you were very brave. And I really appreciate you, um, you know, just saying, oh, yeah, come on, because it's just really about getting a chance to talk to films. And you know what? I would have, like, if you had a completely different opinion of a movie, I would still, I would love to have that. I mean, I, I don't want to just have, like, oh, we both think it's terrible or we both think it's great. I mean, it's fine if we don't like the same movie. Well, look at that, Fear Street. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Your opinion is, like, so bad and wrong. So, See, exactly. like, it's just crazy. <laughs> You're the first person to ever tell me my opinion is wrong. Well, I mean, and that's, like, what's so great about movies like and that's like why i started my instagram account like it's just fun we all watch movies we all love movies we all love different kinds of movies and i love to just talk about them with other people who love them and you can just you know i got two movie recommendations already and and this was just it's just it's so fun to talk about movies even even bad movies even movies you hate <laughs> Yeah, well, sometimes that's even more fun. Oh, yeah. As I've said on the first uh, program a week ago, is that the way this show is going to work is I really want to have uh, guests. And I do have some lined up. And I won't tell anybody what it, what they are or who they are because they're going to be coming on Ooh. soon. It's a secret. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, there's other folks that are from Instagram, etc. And some people have been on the show before. But uh, I've got some guests coming on. But now... I feel like this is a guest that we're going to have to have on the show. And you could certainly, of course, Shannon, reach out to me and say, hey, 
there's this movie. Can we talk about it? And I'll be like, yes, we can. But I will okay. probably reach out to you as well and say, what do you want to talk about? Because we got to talk again. Yeah, this was so much fun. I would be happy to do this again. Is there any other things coming out that you're excited about in the next couple of weeks? Well, I'm I'm late to the Candyman train just because, you know, still pandemic rages on and I'm not really feeling going into theaters right now, right. but I have been dying to see the new Candyman. I have been dying to see it for like two years now, but just going into the theater was not worth it to me. So I'm really happy it's coming on demand this weekend and I Friday night, I will be watching it. It's so excited. Cool. So I'll be looking forward to seeing your take on it on Instagram. Um, also, you should look out. I'm going to watch Monstrous. So you'll know when I post that if I hated it or not. And if I stop returning your emails. <laughs> yes. Uh, so if I've done one thing right this week, it was to get a stranger to watch a low budget uh, film on Shutter. I love it. I love it. I'm excited to see it. All right. Well, this is great. And everybody, Shannon is the purveyor of what Shannon watched on Instagram. Catch her feed yes. and see what she's <laughs> up to and watching. Like and subscribe. <laughs> like and subscribe. Yes. And that's what people can do here is they can like and subscribe to the movie Morlock. I've got the website coming soon. Uh, it will be moviemorlock.com, but uh, I'm still in the process of building it. I'm not a website uh designer. Um, and so it's probably not going to be the greatest website, but it'll just be a place where in addition to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Podbean, you could go to get all of the episodes. That would be you know easy. But otherwise, if you're subscribed already, you'll get this one. And so please continue to listen. And this is the part where Shannon can say goodbye or, or plug anything else that you'd like to plug. Uh, thank you so much for having me on. This is, like I said, my first podcast appearance. So it was very exciting for me. Uh, but please, anybody follow me at, at what Shannon watched. That's Shannon spelled the correct way with an O, not like Shannon Doherty. Um, but that's pretty much the only place to find me on the internet. And you can read my silly thoughts on the random movies that I watch. Awesome. All right. Well, to you, the listener, uh, again, sorry if we were hard on a movie that you might have liked, Malignant. Um, but again, you know, I, if you did like it, great, great. That's not, just as long as you recognize that it is not as original as you want to feel like it is. There's definitely a lot of movies out there that it's like that. As a matter of fact, I, I, I was thinking Dark Half, but yes, go watch... Uh, sisters from Brian De Palma, and you'll 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 see a much better take on the whole thing. Yeah, that's a great recommendation. All right, everybody. Uh, this is uh, James Kent, the movie Morlock, saying goodbye. Bye.